Hello, everybody. This is Jesse and Jerry V. And this is our podcast to give you updates about our ministry, the church planting that's going on in Italy,、uh, updates about our life, what's going on, and informing you of different ways that you can get involved in what we're doing as the Lord is working through us in Italy. Thanks for listening. Hello, everybody. It's Jesse, and、uh, here alone today, Jerry's getting some rest before she. Uh, gets ready to give birth、uh, any day this week. And I、uh, just wanted to continue real quick,、uh, leave a message, maybe two today, while I have a chance,、um, in regards to the, the little series we did, we're doing, or we already did,、uh, for the, the new church plant work we're doing in the city of Colnayano,、uh, about gospel basics.、Uh, through this, we've seen one person converted, a number of others exposed to the realities of the gospel, what the identity is that we have when we come to Jesus Christ, and we are actually、uh, converted. And so these are some of the basics that we need, that all Christians need, and are absolutely fundamental for doing fruitful church planting, also. You, you just you have to have a good understanding of, of these realities to know who it is you're talking to and how you're able to actually engage these people with the gospel.、Uh, so, the last time I looked at、uh, the idea of being slaves, what that looks like slaves to sin, slaves to the enemy. Uh, this reality that we all have, unless or until we're actually born again and made new, and then that changes. Uh, today, we're going to look at the reality that、uh, an unborn again person, a person who's not a true Christian, he's not s- just sick or、uh, unable to come to God. He's, he's actually dead, Scripture teaches us.、Uh, he's unable to respond to the things of God, even if he wanted to. He just, he just can't. A dead person doesn't respond to you when you speak to them and、uh, cannot do otherwise but remain far from God and dead in their sin.、Uh, so, the reality that people are actually dead is quite, quite profound. And very important for church planting to bear fruit.、Uh, and if you don't understand this, when you do preach the gospel, you'll be proud again, thinking that it depends on you, the salvation of the other people, and that it's your skill and, and ability to communicate that saves the people, not Jesus uh, alone. Uh, so you, you have the tendency to become proud if you don't understand that you're talking to dead people, and if they respond, it's only because God does a supernatural work to change their hearts.、Uh, If you understand this, you'll be able to avoid discouragement. When they don't respond, you won't be hard on yourself thinking you didn't do a good enough job or you're not doing it enough.、Uh, you'll understand when they don't respond to the gospel that they couldn't respond anyway because they're dead.、Uh, and it's the work of the Holy Spirit to regenerate them and make them able to desire Jesus Christ and go after Him.、Uh, and then another thing it'll help you with when you understand this is it'll keep you humble. And when you're humble before God, You're also useful. Jesus does not need people who think they can do certain things that they really can't do. He needs people that recognize their wretched condition and that it's by grace and grace alone that they're saved and able to obey God and do His will. And then He's happy and delighted to use those people to reach also others.、Uh, and then lastly, this、uh, understanding this will give us courage、uh, to joyfully and boldly proclaim the gospel with zeal and expectation. Uh, from the Holy Spirit to transform.、Uh, Jesus gave us the, pro- the promise that He has other sheep that are out there that He wants to save, and they hear His voice and they respond to that. We go out knowing this reality that、uh, He is at work, the Lord is at work to save His people. And、uh, as we preach, things happen. So it makes it exciting. It makes us want to go out and proclaim the gospel and see that the largest miracle possible. That is、uh, a dead person brought to life, a spiritually dead person now alive, able and wanting Jesus Christ.、Uh, so, where do we get this understanding? We'll look at just a couple of references real quick because we want to keep this brief. 
One, uh, you probably don't have a lot of time to listen to this kind of stuff. And two, I got other things to do. Uh, so those are two good reasons right there. Uh, we'll do a little more background music. That's always nice. Jerry V singing here. Keeps things exciting for us. Uh, but the idea, first of all, we'll look at Ephesians 2. Very, very clear uh, wording that the Apostle Paul uses here to explain the condition of lost people. He could have used a variety of words, but he chose this particular word, dead. And we see that in Ephesians 2. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins. That connects very well with the teaching we have from Jesus Christ himself, that he who sins is a slave to sin. And uh, unless you have Jesus Christ, the Lord, you are dead. You're not alive unless he is in you. Uh, So a lot of people walk around thinking they're alive, and they look alive. As we understand it, they're alive. They're moving, they're doing things. But as Jesus sees things, anyone who does not have him inside of them is actually dead, even though he walks. Um, Very, very profound reality here. So Ephesians 2, we see that you were dead in your trespasses and sins. The wages of sins is death. Uh, And then he says in verse 2, In which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them we too, all, formerly lived in the lusts of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And we were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. So he's telling them they were dead in their sins. They were not just sick. They were not just unable or not desiring. They were actually dead in their sins, spiritually dead. And then he says, I also was this way. And we know that clearly from Paul's story because it was very drastic. He was against the church, against the Lord. And all of a sudden, boom, the Lord caused him to be born again, gave him a new heart, brought him to life. And he was able to finally see things as they really are. And then we read also here in verse 4 of Ephesians 2, But God, being rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, Even when we were dead in our transgressions, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And he raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. This is what the Holy Spirit is doing today. A lot of people actually are going around seeking to literally raise dead people from the grave. And we see that that happened maybe at the beginning of the church. Great miracles were happening of that sort to confirm the message. Uh, But the reality is this happens to every true Christian. He was dead, and when the Holy Spirit regenerated him, caused him to be born again, that person came to life. He was raised to life. Uh, In Italian, we use the wonderful word vivificato, uh, brought to life. I guess that would be the translation. Uh, So it's a wonderful thing, and it is a true work of God. And all glory to God alone is only possible when we understand that we did not save ourselves. You did not choose God. In fact, Jesus tells us, don't think that you chose me. I chose you. And because he chose you, me, caused us to be born again. And then we were able to rightfully choose him. A lot of people get this backwards and and all the glory then goes to man and not God. They lower God and lift up man. But that's wrong. That's dangerous. I too at one time did this. Uh, before I actually came and studied here at SBI, where they, my life was drastically changed when I finally studied and learned these realities here of how salvation actually works. Uh, so this idea of being dead in sin and then brought to life has a lot to do also with the doctrine of predestination, the doctrine of election, and the doctrine of grace. Everybody believes in grace, but few people, I've noticed, actually understand what grace is. And he uses the word grace here in verse uh, 7 and 8. We'll see that now. In the ages to come, he might show the surpassing riches of his grace 
in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. So the faith you have in Jesus Christ, that's a gift. God gives it to who he wants, when he wants, and how he wants, even in the measure that he wants. In verse 9 he says, And not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. The reality here, what is it, what is it telling us? If you think you saved yourself because you are so good or intelligent, you chose Jesus Christ and changed your life, what are you saying? Uh, it's not by grace alone. You're able to boast because you did something. Whereas the historical doctrine of grace has always been, it is not uh, of you that you've been saved. It's a work of God. It's an absolute uh, dependency upon the sovereignty of God. He works, does it as he chooses, when he wants. And all glory to him alone. No one can boast. We cannot boast. You cannot say you are better than someone else because you are saved. Uh, it's, it's God's work. He did it to you. And you should bow in humility in all of his wonderful work that he has chosen you, called you out among the masses, and given you a role in his kingdom. Uh, it really does humble us, really does give things perspective, uh, and then at the same time helps us understand why people don't respond when we do evangelize them, why they're not interested. They can't do otherwise. And then when they do respond the right way, it gives us uh, an understanding to, to proudly say, wow, or to not be proud, but to humbly say, glory to God, he did that, I didn't do that. God saved that person. He even used me. Wow, what amazing thing. Uh, and he even says, uh, yeah, we'll end there. There's, we don't want to go too much into that. But that's a really, really profound teaching. And we see that a lot in these verses here and all through the New Testament, actually. This idea of being dead and then brought to life. Real quick, I'll flip over to Colossians. We should have another example here. Colossians 2.13. Uh, one second. Colossians 2.13, Philippians, there it is, Colossians. When you were dead in your transgressions and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive together with him, the Lord, having forgiven us all our transgressions. You were dead and he made you alive. Over and over we see this. Real quick, another good example comes from the preaching of Jesus in John 5. Let's look at this real quick. John 5, 21. And again, this is, uh, I may go a minute longer than I wanted to, but this is one of the most profound and important teachings of Christianity. It's absolutely fundamental. We must understand this if we're ever going to really bear fruit uh, for the kingdom. Uh, verse Chapter 5, John, verse uh, 21. Just For just as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, even so the Son also gives life to whom he wishes. Uh, the work of the Lord Jesus Christ is to give life, and He gives it to whom He wishes, as He wishes. Verse 24 Truly, truly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life, and does not come into judgment, but has passed out of death into life. Again, Jesus is saying, Anyone who doesn't believe in me, who hasn't been converted, born again, Yes, he's walking. Yes, he's living and moving around. But in reality, as I see him, he's dead. He doesn't have life in himself. But when that person is converted, when that person is born again and now desires Jesus Christ, believes in him, puts his trust in him, and follows him with all his heart, that person, he says here in verse 24, has passed out of death into life, from death to life. Wonderful, wonderful concept we have from the Lord himself here. And in verse 25, 
truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming and now is when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. Every time somebody actually hears, it's because the Lord has made him alive and then he goes and he lives in newness of life, hand in hand with the Lord. In Romans 6, verse 11, we see that we are now dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Before we were dead to God and alive to our sins, all we knew in the flesh, the natural man is able to only live in sin. He's alive to sin. When this regeneration happens, this new birth, we are now dead to sin. It doesn't satisfy anymore. Yes, we still sin and it's foolishness, but it's contrary to our nature. It doesn't satisfy because now we're alive. You are alive to Jesus Christ. Doing His will is what satisfies. And a good result, a good example of how do you know if you are truly alive? How do you know if you've been born in this way of God, of the Spirit? Uh, A good example would be you have a new relationship with God. You actually love God now. Our our greatest commandment given to us is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, body, strength, everything. You desire God now. You want to obey Him. You trust in Him. You believe in Him. You love God. His Word, another thing that changes, our relationship to His Word. We desire His Word. We need His Word. Jesus is the Word made flesh. Spending time in His Word is a joy and honor, something we can't, a true Christian cannot live without. And we even read that in 1 Peter 2, 1-3. He says to the believers, Long, like newborn babies that long for milk, long for the, for the Word of God. Desire it on a regular basis. You need it to live. And then in, in Paul uh, exhorts the Christians in, in Rome, in Romans 12, to be transformed by the renewing of their mind. What is the renewing of their mind? Passing time in Scripture, hearing the ways of the Lord, learning of who the Lord is and who we are. And our mind is renewed to be able to live in the way of Jesus Christ. In Ephesians 4, we're told to put off the old self, put on the new self. And again, the idea, be renewed in your mind, in your way of reasoning and understanding. All these things are commands given to the one who is now born of God, who's alive, who was dead before and is now alive. So uh, as we preach the gospel, again, this really helps us, really helps us avoid becoming proud. When people convert and, and start to believe in Jesus, if you don't understand this, you're tempted, honestly, in your flesh to think you did something good. It was a good uh, preaching job on your part, and glory to you. It's wrong. It's bad. If they believe, you should be humbled. God actually decided to use you. He, he let you be used by Him to save somebody, but He did all the work. You know that because a dead person cannot listen to you, cannot obey what you say and do what you say. That is a true work of God. So it keeps you humble, makes you useful. When they don't believe in you, when they don't accept the message of Jesus Christ when you preach it to them, this will help you avoid being discouraged. It'll help you avoid thinking and beating up yourself because you weren't good enough. No one is good enough with these mysterious things of God and the preaching of the Word. Uh, but when, we, when they don't believe, we should expect, well, it's just not their time, I suppose. Over and over we read in Scripture, God ordained that this many were converted this time in Acts we read. And according to the will of God, this many were converted here. Uh, it is a work of God. If they're not believing, you know, the best preachers we see in the New Testament, one day they all believe. Thousands convert and believe. The next day they preach the same thing and they get put in prison, beat up, or even killed. Uh, it, it's up to the Lord. He's the one. He has the plan. Uh, 
so you can avoid discouragement, and you can courageously and joyfully proclaim this gospel, knowing uh, that this supernatural kind of thing happens when you do it. Uh, It's not up to you. It doesn't depend on you, but you have the privilege to go and be a part of it. So I hope this is encouraging to you guys. Uh, If uh, you are a Christian, this is a good reminder to you that it was not your doing. Glory to God alone. Yeah, and you should be excited about wanting to tell the message to others. Um, And if you're involved in missions, this should be a good encouragement that uh, you're an instrument in the Lord's hands. It doesn't depend on you. Uh, Give glory to God. Be humble. And uh, expect the Lord to do mighty things because He is doing mighty things. Every time someone believes, it's a miracle. It's a work of God in regenerating. Love you guys. God bless you. Take care. Ciao, ciao. Thanks again for listening. For more information about our church planting ministry in Italy, you can visit us at practicalmissions.com. Thanks again. God bless. Bye-bye. Ciao, ciao. If you like the podcast, we encourage you now to come on over and join us on the inside. If you love Jesus Christ, you love this podcast, you love the Italian people, you love the church of Jesus Christ, it's the perfect place for you to meet other people and uh, see and understand more about the Italian culture and what is going on with Practical Missions Cohort in the Italian context. Look forward to seeing you over there. God bless.